Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, mes amis. <laughs> I don't speak a lot of French, but I love it. And I love you. And I'm so grateful for A Course in Miracles. Oh, let's begin with a blessing. As we always do, I like to place my hand in my heart and take a breath of love and gratitude and anchor into this partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful, so thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited, unprecedented flow of divine love and goodness. We're opening ourselves to begin again, to begin anew, to go back to the beginning, to go back to our inheritance, go back to God. In the beginning, God. Yes. So we're opening our hearts and minds to the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of releasing all attachment to the labels, to the false identification, to the story we've made up and believed, and everything that is false, we're giving it up, laying it on the altar for healing. We're giving to the Holy Spirit all the false idols, known and unknown, felt and not felt, recognized and unrecognized. We're giving them away. We're calling for an end of fear, an end of conflict, an end of unwillingness, and we're opening ourselves to the power and the presence of love shining in our heart, shining in our mind as never before. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to open ourselves to divine guidance and inspiration leading us to easily choose more peace, more love, more joy. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So grateful. So very, very grateful. Indeed. (laughs) Happy New Year! So... (laughs) Spirit has led me to chapter 3, section 7, creating versus self-image. And uh, we're beginning again. So uh, at the time of this broadcast, uh, it's January 2nd, 2018. And uh, with many hundreds of episodes of this radio show, over half a dozen years recording, uh I know that people listen uh, at at all different times, but just to anchor us in this truth that every day is an opportunity to begin again, to begin anew. And that's what I love about this world is no matter what crazy monkey stuff I've made up, I can let it go. And we have this wonderful, wonderful thing that our body needs rest. We go to sleep. We go into dream time. We go into... Um, 
that sense of closure on a day and a new day beginning. I really think that that is, I, I know that that is part of God's helping us that we must go to sleep and to shift our mind, to give our mind over to the higher self in our dream time so that we can begin again, begin anew each day. So in this section 7 of chapter 3, entitled Creating Versus the Self-Image, it begins with every system of thought must have a starting point. Remember the ego, what it really is, is it's a system of thought. Right? It's not something that has a personality, but it can manifest as an expression of our personality. But the ego has no volition of its own. It has no creative ability. It has no power. One thing that the Holy Spirit gave me that was so, so helpful to me was this idea that the ego is like a hand puppet. And a hand puppet has no power unless you put your hand in it. You give it all the power that it has. Just like you give everything in this room, on the street, in your life, all the meaning that it has for you. Without our placing our attention on the ego thought system, we would not be experiencing it. It would not even be possible. would not be possible at all. So, that being the case, let's look at what our choices are. We can choose to invest our attention, our awareness, our energy into thoughts that aren't true or those that are. And how do we know the difference? When we invest our thoughts in, in our energy, our attention, our awareness in thoughts that aren't true, we're upset. This is why A Course in Miracles tells us right in the beginning of the lessons, I am never upset for the reason I think. Never upset for the reason I think. I'm always upset because I'm choosing to believe something that's not true. I know many people who listen to this radio show are new to A Course in Miracles, and many people are uh, have been studying the Course much longer than me. And so we have both ends of the spectrum, if you will. But that's what that so important lesson is. Uh, I'm never upset for the reason I think it's really telling us, which is lesson five, that it's always we're angry, we're upset, we're disturbed because what I'm thinking isn't true. And our willingness to say, if I'm upset, I must be thinking something that's not true. Just practicing that one thing. Honestly, I feel like if we just practice one lesson every day, in the simplest way, our life will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because our willingness will be demonstrated through our willingness to practice the one lesson. So for me, I, I have the three lessons that I practice every day. I'm never upset for the reason I think. Which also to me includes all the lessons about I've given everything the meaning that it has for me. I'm upset because of the meaning I've given things. 
and then lesson 25 which helps me to really relinquish the meaning I've made of it is I don't know what anything is for I don't know what anything is for I'm willing to just stand and go hey Holy Spirit I see the meaning I've made of this thing and that it's upsetting me but I don't really know what anything is for because I'm not able to see through all directions of time and space so and I'm frequently incorrect had something just the other day or a couple of weeks ago where somebody, a friend of mine, told me something, uh, sent me a text message, and I made an interpretation of it, which I believed um, that they were going through this challenge related to something in their family. And uh, that was the meaning that I made of it based on my history. And but my intuition kind of kept questioning it. Is that true? Is that real? Hmm, I don't know. And then when I talked with my friend, no, that wasn't it at all. It was a totally different reason why they were doing what they were doing. And there was no no truth at all to the meaning or the interpretation I'd made of it, which was wonderful. <laughs> My ego, of course, had made a negative meaning of it. Of course. So, it's great to be able to just stand back and go, I don't know what anything is for, except it's to help me to choose again. It's to help me to anchor myself in love. And that's my third favorite lesson, which is number 68, love holds no grievances. And it tells us so clearly in lesson 68, that those who forgive will remember who they are just as surely as those who don't forgive will not remember who they are. So that takes us back to our what we're looking at today, creating versus the self-image. Every system of thought must have a starting point. It begins with either a making or a creating. So this is one of the tenets of A Course of Miracles is that everything that's created is created by God. And everything that's made is made by the ego. Things that are made, uh, they can still be helpful to us. Everything is helpful to us. Um, but the things that are made are temporal. They're not eternal. They're not everlasting. And things that are created are the everlasting expressions of God because they're created by love as expressions of love. So uh, it says here, their resemblances lies in their power as foundations. Their differences lies in what rests upon them. So this we're talking about the two thought systems here. Both are cornerstones for systems of belief by which one lives. So the thinking, the uh, making and the creating. Resemblance lies in their power as foundations. So they both have what seems like power. Of course, love is the only power there is. God is the only power there is. God is love. Um, but it does seem like the things the ego makes has power over us. But only if we agree to it. Remember, every part of the ego and the ego thought system is like a puppet. Unless you put your hand in that puppet, it is nothing. It has no power whatsoever. It says here, 
it is a mistake to believe that a thought system based on lies is weak. So the ego thought system is based on untruths, a word that's become very popular in the last year. When we have uh, our United States president sharing so many untruths, (laughs) untruths has become very popular. So it is a mistake to believe that a thought system based on lies is weak. Okay, it's not weak. Nothing made by a child of God is without power. So we are the child of God, the son of God, humanity. And we made the ego thought system. And so it does have a strength if we continue to put and invest our attention in it because that's our power. It says here, it is essential to realize this because otherwise you will be unable to escape from the prison you've made. You cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your mind. So this is a reference to the authority problem, which is who do you give the authority in your life? The false ego thought system or the power of love, the power of God. What, which are you going to give the authority to God or the illusion? You cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your mind. Your mind is the, is the mind of God. So the power of God is in your mind. To depreciate the power of your mind, it says to do so is to deceive yourself. And this will hurt you because you really understand the strength of the mind. So we can pretend we don't understand the strength of the mind. I see this all the time with people in Masterful Living that uh, they come into the new year, which by the way, Masterful Living course starts our first class. uh, We just did a bonus class on New Year's, my New Year's reboot class, which was an epic three-hour class. It was awesome. People got so much going in that. It was awesome. Um, So you can still get that New Year's Reboot class. Anybody can get the New Year's Reboot class, but it's a free bonus class for Masterful Living peeps. And um, But Masterful Living registration closes on the 11th of January, and the first class is on the 15th of January. Uh, but we've got other things that start, that are starting right up, so come join us now if you're going to join us. Um, <laughs> it's going to be... I, I can feel, for me personally, it's going to be the best year ever. And I feel like that is going to be true for so many light workers. We are just, we are ready to shine the light and do this. So what I was saying is people come into Masterful Living, um, and some don't know A Course in Miracles, and some have been studying it for a long time. Some are slightly familiar, all kinds of folks, but they really roll up their spiritual sleeves in a sense and say, okay, let's let's look at the power of the mind. And in the beginning, you know, most people, as I experience them, they they don't feel that strongly that their mind has a, a lot of power to uh, bring change in their life. I know I didn't used to feel that way at all. And as long as you feel that way, well, then you can blame your problems on other people and situations and circumstances. But when you are willing to take responsibility and give up blaming, then you start to discover the power of your mind to shift things so quickly and you become miracle-minded. And uh, I did a radio show maybe last year on Miracle-Minded or the year before. Um, So you can look for that. And by the way, if you are new to A Course in Miracles or this radio broadcast, if you go to livingacourseinmiracles.com, 
forward slash radio, livingacourseinmiracles.com forward slash radio. You'll find that um, we're transcribing all the episodes of this radio show. And so you can uh, sign up for the podcast there. Uh, and we can, if you don't know what a podcast is or you'd like help with it, to get it on your iPad or your tablet or your phone, whatever kind of phone or your computer, whatever kind of computer, we can help you to do that. We can provide assistance if you email us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com. And um, so livingacoursemiracles.com forward slash radio is where you can uh, pick up the transcripts. And we've, we're, we're really getting all those transcripts done for you. Free, totally free. Thanks to the amazing, wonderful people who generously donate to that effort and to all the other things that we're doing. So, where am I here? The authority problem. Don't depreciate the power of your mind. That's it. People begin to recognize the power of their mind. Um, I've been talking with people in Masterful Living, uh, beautiful testimonies, beautiful testimony in the New Year's Reboot class yesterday from someone who said that for um, many years they were feeling that they were to blame for their their marriage ending in divorce and that their ex blamed them for it too. But in this year of masterful living, really working at the level of the mind, one of the healings that happened was they became willing to take 100% responsibility for how they felt, for even, you know, all that occurred and without blame, no blame. In other words, 100% responsibility with no judgment, no unforgiveness. True forgiveness is releasing the judgment. It's releasing the blame, the resentment, the regret, the guilt, the shame, all of that, which all comes from judgment, every single bit of it. And so they were willing to take total responsibility. I am responsible for what I see, and everything is just as I wish it to be. That's my little paraphrase of the section on responsibility for sight. And um, miraculously... Of course, they started. They, they stopped feeling guilty, and miraculously, their ex stopped blaming them. When they stopped blaming themselves and feeling guilty, then their ex changed their mind too, because we share the same mind. This is how the healing happens. So that's why Jesus is telling us here: you cannot resolve. The authority problem. Who's got the authority in your mind by depreciating the power of your mind? To do so is to deceive yourself. And this will hurt you because, and I'm going to add a couple words here, deep down underneath the stories and the fear and the shame, you really understand the strength of your mind. That's what he's saying here. This will hurt you. Depreciating the power of your mind is to deceive yourself. And this will hurt you because you really understand the strength of the mind. You also realize that you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. The devil, and devil's in quotes here, so meaning that 
Jesus doesn't believe in the devil <laughs> as a as a being, as a separate entity that works against God. The devil is a frightening concept because he seems to be extremely powerful and extremely active. He is perceived as a force in combat with God, battling him for possession of his creations. The devil deceives by lies and builds kingdoms in which everything is in direct opposition to God. Yet, he attracts men rather than repels them. He attracts us rather than repels us. And they are willing to sell, again in quotes, him their souls in return for gifts of no real worth. This makes absolutely no sense. Insanity! I remember when I was in ministerial school that uh, I studied with an Aramaic scholar whose name escapes me right this second. Oh, I can see his smiling face. Hmm. Can't think of his name. Anyway, he's a, a biblical scholar and an Aramaic scholar and Hebrew and all of that. And as I recall, one of the things he taught us is that um, the word devil, uh, uh, perhaps a better translation of that word, or the word that Jesus would have used in Aramaic because that's what Jesus spoke uh, is Aramaic. But they wrote it down in Hebrew, which is a language that has no punctuation. And then they translated it into Greek and then to Latin and then to English or Latin German English. So a true biblical scholar needs to know very, very well all of those languages. So they try to take um, the Hebrew uh, back to the Aramaic, what would Jesus have said, and was it correctly uh, written down in Hebrew? When you know the earliest one of the Gospels was written, if I recall correctly, 25 years after Jesus was crucified. Now imagine you trying to accurately remember what somebody said 25 years ago. Yeah. So anyway, um, we don't we don't bother our pretty little heads about that, but. Um, so what he's what I what the scholar had said, uh, Rocco Erico. There's his name. Rocco Erico was my uh, one of my Bible teachers in um, ministerial school, and he's he's a cool guy. If you're interested in that, uh, Rocco Erico. Um, he's in he was in Georgia at that time. I'm not sure if he's still there. Um, he said that what the word Jesus would have used for that was translated into devil, what it meant was, or Satan actually, Satan get thee behind me, uh, that it really meant crazy thinking. So ego, crazy thinking, get thee behind me. And when I have crazy ego thoughts, because I still do have them, uh, you know, my mind is open and as stuff is uh, flying by and uh, not to land. And um, I love there's a Turkish proverb that says, I think it's Turkish that says, or maybe it's Sufi, I don't know. Uh, you, uh, there's nothing you can do about the bird's circling around their, your head, but you don't have to let them build a nest in your hair. I love that. So, the devil is crazy thinking. Satan, I sometimes say to myself, just get thee behind me. Um, 
it says here, this whole idea of the devil makes no sense. Absolutely no sense, Jesus tells us here. He says, we have discussed the fall or separation before, but its meaning must be clearly understood. The separation is a system of thought real enough in time, though not in eternity. All beliefs are real to the believer. The fruit of only one tree was forbidden in the symbolic garden, and forbidden is in quotes. But God could not have forbidden it, or it could not have been eaten. If God knows his children, and I assure you that he does, would he have put them in a position where their own destruction was possible? The, quote, forbidden tree, close quote, was named the, quote, tree of knowledge, close quote. Yet God created knowledge and gave it freely to his creations. The symbolism here has been given many interpretations, but you may be sure that any interpretation that sees either God or his creations as capable of destroying their own purpose is an error. Eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for usurping the ability for self-creating. This is the only sense in which God and his creations are not co-creators. The belief that they are is implicit in the, quote, self-concept, close quote, or the tendency of the self to make an image of itself. I'm going to go just a little bit further here. Images are perceived, not known. Knowledge cannot deceive, but perception can. You can perceive yourself as self-creating, but you cannot do more than believe it. You cannot make it true. And as I said before, when you finally perceive correctly, you can only be glad that you cannot. Until then, however, the belief that you can is the foundation stone in your thought system, and all your defenses are used to attack ideas that might bring it to light. You still believe you are an image of your own making. Your mind is split with the Holy Spirit on this point. And there's no resolution while you believe the one thing that is literally inconceivable. That is why you cannot create and are filled with fear about what you make. So what he's telling us here is we've made ourselves into the image that we have for us. And we've done it through making this ego thought system. And this ego thought system is a thought system that convinces us that we're separate from God. It keeps going, this belief that we're separate from God, that we are not good enough, that there's something wrong with us. And so then everything that's ego motivated is to simultaneously affirm we're not good enough and then try to compensate for it or manage it or cope with it. So this is why in Masterful Living, one of the main things we focus on during the year is moving out of compensating, managing, and coping so that we can move into the healing that takes place at the level of the mind. 
all healing is at the level of the mind. So in order to really begin to heal our relationships and our body and our finances and our creativity and just our mind, the what helps so much is just a willingness to be aware of how we're managing and coping. What are our coping strategies? I remember one time I was uh, in a group conference call and it was uh, uh, for marketing and it was a group coaching call and we were doing an exercise that a lot of people might be familiar with where you're coming up with your 30-second elevator speech, I think they call it. So it's the idea of uh, you have 30 seconds to talk to a potential client or customer, and what would you say in 30 seconds that could intrigue them or let them know what you're doing, what you're about, uh, that if they had an interest, they would be able to recognize that you might be able to um, have something to offer them. And um, so we were talking about our elevator speeches, and this uh, other person was a life coach, some kind of life coach. I know there's different kinds. And um, and this particular life coach, in their elevator speech, what they were saying was, I help people come up with coping strategies to deal with the things that are frightening and upsetting for them in their life. And, uh, and then I was to go next, and I thought, well, the truth is, I help people see that, and I didn't say this, of course, because I didn't wish to make the other person feel bad about what they were doing, but um, I, I had been saying for years that one of the things I did as a spiritual counselor and a spiritual teacher is to help people see the futility of coping strategies and to see the power of healing, that healing is possible. Miraculous healing is a real thing. It's a very, very real thing. And uh, so that is something that if you have a list of goals this year, Give all your coping and managing strategies to the Holy Spirit in exchange for miraculous healing. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. So moving on here. <laughs> I love this. So here we are going back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. So just to go back to the last point that I read in uh, this chapter 3, section 7, it was the end of paragraph 4. That is why you cannot create and are filled with fear about what you make. We can't create because we're not identified with spirit, we're identified with the ego, and we believe that the self we have created, the graven image, the false idol of one who's wrong and bad and not good enough and guilty and ashamed and a failure and all these things that we come to believe about ourselves, that we we have made this graven image of ourselves and we are so invested in it that we've built all these managing and coping strategies around it. 
I know this was so true for me that I had, I was talking about this in my New Year's reboot retreat this past weekend, that I was so utterly convinced that I was unlovable, that I was in fact despicable. I truly believed that there was an evil core to me because I, I had so many mean and vicious and unkind and attacking thoughts that I made the conclusion that I had this evil core, this disgusting, frightening, evil core. And that because of that, uh, I felt that if anyone got really close to me, they would, without a doubt, and I'd seen evidence of this, anybody who got really close to me would be repulsed. They would see this evil core. They would see this disgusting, repulsive uh, part or just my true nature and that they would reject me. So I was afraid of not just intimacy, uh, but afraid of love itself. And this is what Course in Miracles tells us. You're actually afraid of love. And that was so true for me. So very, very true for me. And this whole evil core, despicable, uh, hateful, all these opinions and judgments that I had about myself were that graven false image that I had made. And I was utterly convinced of it. Absolutely. And I was managing and coping with it. So I built my life in order to keep people at arm's length. You know, the men in my life who wanted to get close to me, no, I kept them at arm's length. Friends, too, kept them at arm's length. The idea of being vulnerable or transparent was like death to me. It was literally like death to me. It would be like becoming a burn victim where even the slightest breeze would be excruciatingly painful. That's how far down the rabbit hole I went. And, and it, so that's why I love A Course in Miracles because it says, this is what you did. And I went, when I read this, I went, that's exactly what I've done. What? How do you know? It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sometimes people will say to me, I'm just trying to figure out what God wants. And in this world, God doesn't want anything. It, this world is about us exploring within the illusion. And at this point, it's about us returning, going back to the beginning. And that's what is being talked about here in this. So we're at paragraph five here now in section seven of chapter three. The mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful. And this belief is the, quote, devil, close quote. It is powerful, active, destructive, and clearly in opposition to God because it literally denies his fatherhood. Look at your life and see what the devil has made. But realize that this making will surely dissolve in the light of truth, because its foundation is a lie. Your creation by God is the only foundation that cannot be shaken, because the light is in it. 
Your starting point is truth, and you must return to your beginning, with a capital B, your beginning. So the fact that that beginning is capitalized, it, 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 in the Course of Miracles, it means that it is of God. It is pure, pristine, spiritual in essence. It's not of this world. So your starting point is truth, and you must return to your beginning. So our beginning is the truth. It is the perfection that we are. This is one of the things that A Course in Miracles tells us is that we are already perfect. We cannot become any more perfect than we already are. That's how we were created in uh, the spiritual image and likeness of God. Perfect, whole, and complete. And that's how we will remain forever. Because that's all that God knows is perfection. God doesn't know how to create anything that's not perfect. So we're perfect, and every thought that we have that we're not perfect is because we're looking at something we made, and we're looking at it through the lens of the thought system we made. The good news is, the very, very good, good, good news is that we don't have to figure out how. We just allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. We don't have to figure out how to get rid of this crazy, stinking thinking. We don't have to figure that out. We can't figure it out. It's not necessary for us to figure it out. You know, it would be like going to a restaurant and ordering a meal and then having to go in and cook it. No, it will be delivered to us. We just have to allow it. We allow it to be delivered. We allow the healing to happen. We stop getting in the way of it. How can we have a healing in our life if we don't love ourselves? The f love is the remembrance of our perfection. When we extend love, we're remembering who made us, who created us, and who we are. So that's why Lesson 68 says it is as sure that those who forgive will remember their true identity, as those who don't forgive will forget their true nature, their true identity, their perfection and their wholeness. This is why forgiveness is the way out of every painful thing. How do you forgive? You release your attachment to the meaning you made of things, and you move into that place of, I've given everything in this room, on the street, in my life, in my mind, the meaning that it has for me. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm upset because I'm clinging to the meaning I made of things which deep down I know is false. I don't know what anything is for. If I don't know that it's for my remembering my true identity, then I don't know what it's for. I don't know what use it is. If I think it's to hurt me or to shame me or to bother me or to even to make me feel good, I don't know what anything is for. Because I've given everything in this world all the meaning that it has for me. And so my one task is to be willing to release my judgments and opinions and all the beliefs that I've collected and have been projecting the power of love in my mind through 
like slides on a screen. Perception is projection. So this is the thing that we're, we're setting out to do once again, is to go back to the beginning. The beginning, the starting point is truth. Your starting point is truth, and you must return to your beginning with a capital B. Much has been seen since then, but nothing has really happened. So we've reviewed all these things in our mind. We think we see them, but they're all projections, delusions within the illusion. Remember at the beginning of the course it says, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Your starting point is truth, and you must return to your beginning. Much has been seen since then. Like the prodigal son, we left our father's house, we went on an epic journey, and now we're returning home. We have realized, most of us, probably listening to the sound of my voice, most of us have realized that, like the prodigal son, we realized we're living with the swine, right? And the pigs eat better than we do. And like the prodigal son had this realization when he was down there, uh, living, you know, as a, imagine a, a Jew living with the pigs and tending the pigs and seeing that the pigs get better food uh, than he does. And he realizes, I could go home and be a servant in my father's house and I would have more than I have now. And that simple thought propelled him back home. To me, this is one of the Things that Jesus' life and teachings are absolutely radiating, which is the life of being a servant. Being a servant. Walking in the world, recognizing that your, your opportunity in every moment is to be of service to God by loving ourselves and our brothers and sisters, extending love, teaching only love, that when we teach only love, we'll remember that's what we are. And when we teach only love, when we share only love, then we are going back to the beginning. When we share only love, teach only love, demonstrate only love, then everyone in our life will learn from it. And even if they don't directly get it in a particular moment, even in a particular moment they don't get it, and they are so attached to what they believe. What I've come to see in my own mind and in the minds of others, that there will be a moment at some time when they'll have a remembrance and a recognition because they'll become willing. And many people have told me this. I remember when I first started really teaching. Well, I've been teaching for a few years, I guess. I had done a, a workshop on forgiveness. And some point later, maybe a year later, somebody from that workshop, I saw them, and they said... You know, when I went to that workshop, I was so angry and so hurt and so miserable. 
and I just had no thought that anything could ever change. I didn't believe it. I really, really didn't. But something you said, I can't remember for the life of me now what it is in this moment, but something I said touched them. And later they were having some kind of a situation with a family member, and it floated back into their awareness. They maybe had just a tiny little willingness to change or shift their thinking. And the remembrance of something I had said about forgiveness came into their awareness, and they made a higher vibrational choice, and that opened the door to actually extending love. And within a year, their whole dynamic in their family had changed. People who had stopped talking to each other were now connected again, and there was a lot of forgiveness and a lot of healing, a lot of transformation, and the flow of love was very strong and palpable. So I've learned I don't have to convince anyone. No, that's not my job. Good Lord, that's not my job. My job is simply to be it to be the living demonstration of it. And that's my prayer. So it says here, Yourself, with a capital S, so we've got beginning with a capital B and self with a capital S, Yourself, your true self, is still in peace, even though your mind is in conflict. So think about that. If your true self is in peace and your mind's in conflict, why not relax your mind let the Holy Spirit come in. Like Jesus says, and I think I did a radio show on this in September, um, or something. Maybe it was a Living A Course of Miracles class, which we have a lot of free Living A Course of Miracles classes available at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Um, and study group support at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Free study group support and other things. Um, I don't remember what I was saying now. <laughs> uh, going, It says here, yourself, your true self is still in peace. So we can go back and just say, oh, I know. In, in September, I did a radio uh, episode about uh, the, where Jesus says, just let me heal all your false perceptions. Just let me into your mind. And it's that beginning the day with you decide for me. You decide for me. Here's the kind of day I'd like to have. And you decide for me so that I can see, because you're the decider, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I am that I am, higher self, Holy Spirit self. You show me clearly the most loving choices. I will begin to choose them. Even if we just make one more loving choice today than we made yesterday, our life will dramatically change in the course of a year. I've proven it. That's what I did. I started to convince myself, Jennifer, you just have to make at least one more more loving choice today than you made yesterday. It works. That's why Masterful Living is a year-long course. Because so, over the course of a year, you can completely change your your life, your marriage, your relationships, your experience of your body so much can change in one year it says here yourself is still in peace even though your mind is in conflict you have not yet gone back far enough and that is why you become so fearful 
as you approach the beginning, the, the truth of our being, you feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system upon you as if it were the fear of death. There is no death, but there is a belief in death. So, this is the thing, is it does to the ego feel like a death when we give up our beliefs, our opinions, our judgments, and choose love instead. So we have to discipline ourselves. We can discipline ourselves to remember the truth that sets us free. This is what we can do. I'm so grateful it's true. And I'm so grateful for you in our connection and the year that stands before us, fresh and shiny and new. So grateful, so grateful, so grateful. I encourage you to consider if Masterful Living would be the right thing for you this year. Registration does close January 11th. You can always withdraw if it doesn't work for you. We have so much support to keep you from giving up, to help you stay in your right mind. And this year, I've made it so much better than ever. Seriously, uh, we're taking a quantum leap this year, and I feel the power of it. The power of love ministry is expanding. It's just, I feel this tremendous growth. And for everyone who contributed last year and will contribute this year, or whenever you happen to listen to this, all of your contributions make a difference. They are adding to this power of love because let me tell you there are so many people who contact me and say you know I was down and out I was desperate I was suicidal somehow I found your daily prayer somehow I found a video of yours somehow I discovered your radio show and these free resources have helped me to heal my life. Or they say, you've changed my life, Jennifer, to which I always say, I can only change my mind, which changes my life, but I'm so glad that joining together, you got inspired to shift your mind and your life. And that's what we do. We do it together, joining together, transcending time and space together. It's time for me to pray. And my New Year's Reboot class, if that's all you can do, we could do a payment plan. It's $44. We can even do a payment plan for that if you like. Whatever whatever we can do to support you. All the details at jenniferhadley.com. So we take a breath of love and gratitude, hand on our hearts, so grateful and thankful for the love of God shining in our mind. It's happening now, and we're grateful that it's so. We allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting. We go back to the beginning. We're willing to recognize that we're as holy as holy can be now and forever. This is the truth of our being. We're letting go of all the false thoughts and standing in the truth, sharing the benefits with all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have a beautiful week.